Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Realm presents a Dagaeus Media production, The Dark Tome, Book of Stories, featuring Janine by Emma J. Gibbon, performed by Lisa Stathopoulos. She scratched her head, showing dark roots underneath her stiff, blonde hair, and took a deep drag on a cigarette. Janine, you know you can't smoke in the bar anymore, shouted the bartender. Janine extended her middle finger to him, her nail polish bright blue and chipped. Fuck off, Bob. We all know I'm pretty much your only customer. She turned her gaze to Amanda. Her pale gray eyes were opioid pinned. So what do you want to know? Her partner had warned Amanda against meeting Janine. She's crazy, you know. Not crazy, but town treasure crazy. Dangerous crazy. Into all kinds of shit. Drugs, illegal stuff. Plus there was that stuff with her boyfriend way back. When she'd asked them to elaborate, they shook their head. Stay away from her, she's a train wreck. Of course, Amanda wasn't going to listen. I'll think about it, she said, knowing full well that she was going to call Janine the next morning. Her name was in the phone book, and she'd heard mutters around town about Janine blaming little blue devils for something that had happened long ago. Amanda needed a scoop that would turn her boss's head at the paper. Something different. Something that might save her job. Janine's voice was slurry from sleep or something else when she answered the phone, but she agreed to meet on the condition that they met in the local bar and that Amanda was buying. It was 11 a.m. in the Naughty Pine cocoon of the Draft Pub. Amanda, nursing a coffee, and Janine making her way through several strong white ciders at an alarming speed. It was clear that Janine had been attractive once, but time and lifestyle had ravaged her looks. There were dark circles under her creased eyes, her cheeks were red with old acne scars and thread veins, and her lips were dry and chapped. A deep worry line bisected her forehead. They didn't make small talk, Amanda was feeling too desperate to dance around. I want to know about your experience with the Blue Devils. Janine guffawed, showing rotted teeth at the back of her mouth. Jesus Christ, are you telling me you believe me? Amanda shrugged. I don't know. Tell me what happened. Janine's vacant eyes got teary. No one fucking believes me, you know. She chewed at her nails. We were in love, 
We were young, but we loved each other. Everyone who talks around town always forgets that part, makes it easier for them to live with the things they say about me. Janine used her finger to swipe a tear from under her eye without smudging her mascara. I was a freshman when we got together. I was 14 years old. I know it's hard to believe, but I was the prettiest girl in school. <laughs> she laughed bitterly. Didn't make me popular, though. Just the opposite. What did a trashy girl from the trailer park have any business being pretty? Most of the boys tried it with me, and some of the men, so the girls hated me. Didn't matter that I didn't do nothing. They called me a slut anyhow, as did the boys when I turned them down. With a mom that was known to do tricks on occasion, and a dad who was a drunk, how did they expect me to turn out? But you were just a kid, said Amanda. That doesn't matter in a small place like this. Amanda waved at the barman to get Janine another drink and ordered herself a beer. So what if it was noon? She could always leave the car and walk home. Out of everyone she had ever interviewed, Janine seemed the loneliest. Dane was different, though. He didn't try to get into my pants first chance he got, and he was kind to me. Told the other kids to leave me alone when I got on the bus. He was good-looking, tall, and not too skinny, with dark brown hair and the bluest eyes. And rich. Whoa, boy. The look on my mama's face when I brought him home. I'm sure his mom wasn't pleased about him hooking up with the likes of me, but she never showed it. She was always so sweet to me. Of course, she never spoke to me again after that night. Never spoke to anyone. She left town soon after. I heard she was a shut-in. Janine sighed heavily. Are you sure you want to hear the rest? I mean, you won't believe me. Amanda reached across the table and touched Janine's hand. It was far colder than it should have been. You can tell me, Janine, she said. We'd been together for four years at that point. People talk like it was a one-night thing, but we'd been together longer than some people's marriages, you know? Even if we were young. I mean, we'd fooled around what teenagers wouldn't in four years, but I was a virgin still, and I'm assuming he was. It was 1989. I was waiting for prom. I still had ridiculous romantic notions back then. I don't think I thought he would ever marry me, even though he always said he would. I figured he'd go to college, find some rich girl, and that'd be that. People like Dane's family stick to their own. Hell, so do we. The amount of guys I've dated since who are just like my daddy? <laughs> she gave out a harsh bark of a laugh. I knew this even back then. I wanted him to be my first before I slunk back to the level I was supposed to be at. We decided on prom. They still called it the Blueberry Ball back then. Isn't that a hoot with the Blueberry King and Queen? But I'm getting ahead of myself. Bob brought the drinks to the table. When Amanda looked up at him, he eye-rolled towards Janine. 
My mom got me a dress. I have no idea how or what she had to do to get me one, but she did it. I think managing to get Dane and going to the prom are the only things my mom has ever been proud of me for. She was so fucking happy to give me that dress. It was a real 80s number. It was white, puffy sleeves and lots of lace. You remember those? You're probably too young, but man, it was a great dress. I walked down those damned trailer steps like a princess. You should have seen Dane's face when he saw me. Those blue eyes of his shined when he pinned the corsage to my shoulder. I know it was love that was there. No man has ever looked at me like that before or since. I only got it once with Dane. I suppose I was lucky to get that right. Janine drained the rest of her drink, gulping down the alcohol as if her life depended on it. One another, said Amanda, despite her misgivings that she might be giving Janine too much to drink. But Janine nodded and Bob continued to serve them, so what the hell? Fuck it, said Janine. I'll just show you. It's not like I can show anyone else. She took an old photo out of her worn purse. It was old and creased, blurry at the edges from continued greasy fingerprints. It had that haziness to it that photos from the 80s had. Janine flattened it out on the table and slid it over to Amanda. There they were, stood on the steps of a broken down trailer. It was a little surreal to see the younger, really quite lovely version of Janine. And Christ, she looked so happy. Beaming in that very 80s prom dress and big, big hair. It made Amanda's heart ache to see the difference between Janine then and the Janine sat in front of her. When did the light go out of her eyes? Was it that night? There was Dane, a young kid, just about to be a man. Good looking, yes, but even in the photograph, it was clear he had that easy confidence that came with never really having to struggle, something Janine probably never knew. Where was he now? Janine grabbed the photo and jammed it back in her bag. I always carry it with me, she said, but I can't look at it too long. She shook her head as if dispelling a memory. What was your prom like? Amanda shrugged. It was, you know, the usual. I bet you were the prom queen with looks like yours. Amanda reddened. She had been the prom queen. Enough about me. She tried to hide the impatience in her voice. Tell me what happened, Janine. My prom night was magical. I know it sounds corny, but it's true. The gym looked amazing. I didn't even mind the stupid blueberry theme. All of the walls were draped with that blue see-through material that seems to float. I almost didn't recognize the place. Not that I spent much time in the gym, usually. <laughs> she snorted at her own joke. The band was local, but a good one. They played all the hits, and me and Dane danced all night, had our pictures taken, although I never did collect them, what with everything. I wish I had them now. 
I was the prom queen too. She grinned. Amanda was about to interrupt her to say she'd never said. I could tell by the way you looked embarrassed and proud at the same time. Yeah, I was the fucking blueberry queen. Of course, there was no question that Dane would be the blueberry king, but he had gone around and convinced everyone to vote for me. I didn't hear the last of that after. Janine didn't hide the bitterness from her voice. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Standing on that stage, wearing that silly crown with the plastic blueberries on it, for the first time, I felt part of things. Like, I wasn't destined to fail, that Dane and I would be together forever, that I could maybe escape. Sheesh, what a dummy I was. Janine lit another cigarette. Bob tutted in the background. Amanda noticed Janine's hands were shaking. Are you okay? She said. Janine managed a shaky smile. Oh, sure. She said. It's just been a while since I told this story. She didn't look okay. She took a deep breath. Anyway, we danced the last dance together. I can't remember this song now. I know I loved it. Maybe I've just blocked that part out. I wish I could block the rest of it. But at that point, it was the best night of my life. But you want to know what happened next, right? Amanda nodded. I'm gonna need something stronger to drink. Whiskey. Amanda waved Bob over. Two whiskeys, please. Make them doubles. When the drinks arrived at the table, Janine threw hers back. Okay, she said. Amanda sipped her drink and sat back in the chair. You didn't grow up here? Janine said. Amanda shook her head. Well, back then, if you wanted to park, you know what I mean? You drove to the woods behind the high school. I don't know if they still do it now. There's always been tons of scary stories about the woods, but you know teenagers. They're horny and they think they're invincible. I imagine they're just the same now. I've seen on TV that kids these days book hotel rooms for after prom, but it just wasn't done then around here, even if you did have the money, like Dane. Besides, there's nowhere here that you can go and stay anonymously. Everywhere is owned by someone you know or back then, someone your parents knew. Not that my parents gave much of a shit, but Dane's family had a reputation to uphold. We left the prom as soon as it ended and drove into the woods to the very end of the dirt track, deep in there, the very best spot. I guess it was only fitting that the blueberry king and queen got it, right? <laughs> Janine laughed, but it was hollow. Amanda could tell she was stalling. Was it all a ruse to get more drinks out of her? No, there was no disguising the pain in Janine's face. We began to fool around, moved into the back seat. I'm gonna assume that you know what I'm talking about. A looker like you doesn't get to your age without fooling around in a car, and if you haven't, well, then I'm sorry. We were inexperienced and clumsy, but at that age, it doesn't matter. I was just so glad that we had finally done it and that he was my first. 
He looked so lovely afterwards in the back seat of that car, both of us so young, half-dressed and glowing. I still remember the smell of him after all these years, that earthy, fresh sweat smell and feeling the warmth of his neck as I pressed my face against it. I think about that feeling a lot, you know? It was the last time I was happy. We sat in the back holding each other. He was talking and talking. Nerves, I suppose. I wasn't really listening. He was talking about having to go to college, but he would send for me and maybe I could find a way to go to college too and that we could get married. It was crazy talk, of course. None of that would happen. But I loved him for saying it. He was halfway through describing his plans of getting a part-time job and apartment off campus when there was a huge bang against the side of the car and then a screech as if something was scratching the side of the car with something metallic. We both damn near jumped out of our skins, but then we're laughing because clearly it's some other kids messing around, right? We both got dressed quickly. I watched Dane pull up his pants and thought about how I couldn't wait to get him back out of them. We got out, and there were these huge gouges in the paint down the side of the car, and Dane mutters, motherfuckers, because everyone's heard of that urban legend, the one with the guy with the hook, and of course, it's kids from our school pranking us. Maybe they were upset because I got to be Blueberry Queen. Who the fuck knows? But what's weird is these gouges, they aren't like a hook mark. More like a claw has scratched down the side and there's a dent near the door handle, which must have been the bang we heard. Dane shouted into the woods, Who's there? You'll pay for the bodywork, you fuckers. But there's nothing. I expected to hear laughing or them running away or something, but it was quiet. All I remember hearing is Dane breathing and the evening air giving me goosebumps on my bare skin. Then we hear a chittering. You know, like cats make when they want to get at something but louder. I had a cat once that ate bugs, used to hunt them down in the trailer. He used to make that noise when there was a moth or spider he couldn't reach. Janine made the noise, her teeth chattering. Amanda would have laughed, but Janine's face had gone gray, and she was staring off into the distance as if she couldn't see Amanda at all. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. 
So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Dane looked around at me and shrugged. I guess we still thought it was kids at that point. It was the last time we really looked at each other. There was a rustling in the trees. Get in the car, Janine, Dane said, and I did what he told me. He always protected me. I watched him walk towards where the noise came from, but then these things started coming out of the woods. What things, Janine? Amanda said, but she knew what was coming. There were five of them, said Janine. They were, fuck, they were little things about three feet tall. They, they came up to here on Dane. She placed her hand at her stomach. And Dane was near six foot, but there were five of them. She was fully crying now and wiped away tears with the flat of her hand. They were blue. Their skin was blue and thin, like you could see the veins through it. They had these little nubby horns on their heads, almost like baby deer have, but they weren't cute. No, their eyes were dark red and shining like aliens, and they had claws and these horrible sharp teeth, ragged and pointed and needle-like, like those deep sea fish you see on the Animal Channel. I never saw anything like those things. People around here call them the blue devils. All the crazy people, at least, but I never did go for that Jesus stuff. If I don't believe in that, how can I believe in devils? They came from the woods, and they weren't people, but they weren't quite animals either. I don't know what the fuck they were. Maybe I'm crazier than a shithouse rat, too. They walked towards him, almost like little kids coming up to a grown-up. Dane started backing up, stumbling a little on tree roots. He was shaking his head. He couldn't believe what he was seeing either. He started to turn to run, I suppose, but that's when they pounced on him. They could jump so high for little things. They scrambled all over him, grabbing him with their claws and using their weight to pull him down. If there was one or two, he could have easily shook them off, but there were five. I could see the blood starting to run where they stuck their claws in him. In seconds, he fell to the ground and they dragged him into the woods. It happened so quickly that he was never there at all. What did you do? asked Amanda. Janine twitched as if coming out of a dream. She looked directly into Amanda's eyes. I ran. I never learned how to drive, so I got out of the car and ran back to town barefoot. Tore my feet up real good. I'm no good trash like the rest of my family. A coward. I should have gone into the woods, tried to save the man I loved, or at least died with him. No, you did the right thing. Did I? I don't think so. I'm as guilty as they say I am. They all think it was me that did it. And in a way, I let it happen. I should have tried to save him. Janine rubbed both hands over her face, smearing her mascara. She lit another cigarette. Amanda waited until she was ready to speak again. I went to the police. I told them that something had dragged Dane into the woods. I didn't tell them it was little fucking blue creatures. I couldn't believe it myself. 
thought I was having some kind of breakdown. They didn't believe me anyway. Thought I was making up stories for being out late after prom. They didn't go looking for him until his mother called the next morning when he didn't come home. Did they find him? He was 20 feet away from his car. Well, what was left of his body was. The police came over and dragged my ass out of bed the next day. I was still wearing my prom dress. I hadn't slept. I lay there all night, reliving those things dragging him into the woods. I thought they were coming for me. I thought I heard them scratching outside the trailer. The cops showed me photographs of the scene, pictures of Dane's body. I didn't have no lawyer or even a parent with me. They tried to get me to confess, to say I'd done it. But how could I have? They'd scratched and bitten him all over. His hands and feet were chewed, almost gone. They'd taken, they Janine began gulping as if she couldn't get any air. Clawed out his eyes, his beautiful blue eyes. Janine stubbed out her cigarette and stood up suddenly, knocking over the drinks on the table. I have to go, she muttered and ran out into the street. Amanda stood up, her skirt drenched in booze. She shouted, Janine, wait! But when she got to the window, she could see Janine running as if she was being chased up the middle of the road. Passers-by stopped to point and whisper. Amanda had expected to see Janine around town, or at least hear about her. Now that she had heard her story, what worried Amanda wasn't the truth of it or not, but what it cost Janine to tell her. When she didn't answer her calls, Amanda went back to the bar to ask Bob if he had seen Janine. Nope. Gone to rehab in the city, I heard, said Bob. About time, too. Her whole life wasted. She isn't a bad person, you know. I never slept properly, you know, after that night. That's why I took so many pills. Janine sat on a plastic chair in the visitor's room, a sparse area with clinical green walls and a threadbare carpet. Amanda had found her in a clinic in Portland. She was surprised that Janine had agreed to see her. No one else has visited, said Janine, and I wanted to finish telling you. Janine looked worse than before, despite her claims that she was getting better. She was near skeletal now, with no makeup to hide behind and scratches up and down her arms. I didn't tell you the whole truth about why I was so upset with myself for not going in the woods. I should have tried to save Dane, that was true. But here's the thing. They should have taken me, too. That night, I really could hear them outside, and every night I would hear them scratching the outside of our trailer waiting for me to come outside, but I never did. I took the booze and the pills and the powder and did what I could not to hear them. But I have to hear them. I know that now. I have to stop hiding. I have to let them in. My life ended that night just like Dane's did. It's just taken me this long to realize it. Amanda urged Janine to talk to her doctors, 
but she refused. She just smiled sadly at Amanda when visiting time was over. Amanda tried to talk to someone on the way out, but the receptionist said they couldn't discuss a patient with someone who wasn't a family member. A week later, Janine was dead. Suicide. It was all over the local news. She'd been found in the woods, so it was public knowledge. No one knew how she'd gotten out of rehab. Slashed her wrists so deep her hands were almost detached. But before she'd done that, she tried to scratch out her own eyes. Amanda went to Janine's parents to give her condolences. They wouldn't open the door. Deep gouges ran the circumference of their trailer. Amanda trashed her story and got out of town. Every five minutes, a transplant candidate dies while waiting for a compatible heart, liver, or kidney. Imagine a technology that could provide those life-saving transplant organs for a high price, and imagine what a company would do to monopolize that technology. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists unlocks this holy grail of medicine by reverse engineering the genomes of all mammals, creating an animal with organs perfectly suitable for human transplantation. They envisioned a docile herd animal, but one team member had another, darker vision. This ancestor is anything but docile. The team's work spawns something big, something evil, something very, very hungry. Ancestor is a complete serialized fiction podcast by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler with all episodes available. Binge the entire story now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You've been listening to The Dark Tome, Book of Stories, produced by Dagaz Media and presented by Realm, your portal to another world. Full cast and crew credits and transcripts at thedarktome.com.